Hello and welcome to True Grit Down Under, a Thigh Gap special show covering the Border Gavaskar Test Series 2020-21 between India and Australia. My name is Bogus Noog and with me is my co-host, Being Brute. Welcome, Brute. Let's immediately just get into why we're doing this special in the first place. Okay, I have two reasons right on top of my head. The first reason is we were bored doing the same kind of episodes again and again. Second... I don't think in the recent 20, 30, 40 years, there has been a sports event which had so much happening in it, not just related to sport in itself, but the overall things that were happening, right? Mm -hmm. In the conditions that it was played and all the things that made up this series, right? I think it is only deserving that we spend our time making this special. There are N number of cricket experts. Yes. Anyone who's leaving the game is pretty much taking a U-turn, coming back and being uh, an expert or a commentator yes absolutely you know week over week yeah month over month it just the number of experts snowball effect yeah it's a snowball effect yeah so in such a a scenario and also every cricket expert is pretty much opening or creating their youtube account these days as well oh yeah yeah so in light of all of that why did we still feel the need to you know create a show or a special on our own because we want to make every other show look better if our audience or any audience, in fact, want to know what is a good review of the test series. We are the baseline. We are the baseline. They have to check us out. It's imperative. Okay. The other reason is I think uh, we will have a more public driven approach. We both are like on the two extremes of the coin. Right. I am a huge fanatic of the game. Right. Someone who has played it at some level. Also, the amount I have followed the game. Mm -hmm. Right. And then you, on the other hand. I just like a good story. Yeah, you just. I'm more of a cricket romantic not really followed the game as much and i do watch ipl just for entertainment yeah but i watch serious cricket which is of course good test cricket and the vintage cricket matches i watch them purely for inspiration i mean yeah for the stuff that's underlying the actual game itself yeah. i may not be yeah. paying too much attention to the finer aspects the technicalities of, of the game yeah but yeah more about what a, you know a cricketer is bringing right. to that match and right. how they're turning unwinnable situations the impossibles into possibles exactly so yeah. i'm really drawn to that story yeah so i think you mentioned earlier that we want to set a baseline and we want to yeah. make everyone else look good <laughs> yeah so keeping that humility and modesty aside for now can't just I for just a second can't focus. let's try our hardest okay i'd like to say that i think both of us felt after we watched the end of the series yeah the experts opinions and commentary that was going on around Mm -hmm. regarding the series itself the amount of pr and press yeah trying to get into the rat race to cover it for a guy like you who is closely connected to the game as well as a guy like me who is not really that into the technicalities but just for the story both of us ended up feeling that it all fell short. Oh, I can't even start to describe how underwhelming it was, the post-series coverage, right? right? I completely agree with you. I really got disappointed by some of my go-to guys mm-hmm. when they kind of didn't do justice in describing the series. And right. what I felt genuinely is they kind of rushed into it. But even then, bro, these guys are, like you said, the go-to guys. Yeah. And even while the series was going on, when we um, were having conversations about what was happening, we did notice things that were maybe a little subtler let's say 
major events in the series but also some minor events in the series that eventually had that snowball effect so if we were able to notice it mm-hmm. and what was shocking to me was i can understand if you were able to notice it but even i was able to notice it yeah so if both of us together were able to notice it then how come the go to people did not speak about most of these things oh what i feel is so the first thing if you have to go back before the series have even happened and listen to these cricket pundits mm-hmm. they didn't see it coming from any corner right and mm-hmm. i'm no exception yeah none uh, of us none are. of us are yeah, an yeah. exception i think even the team didn't see it yeah. you know i mean this started off horribly right mm-hmm. and if you look at the experts also they didn't just see it coming they saw everything was against them like somebody's father passed away somebody's daughter was born mm-hmm. and they are not there mm-hmm. and so many things are happening but somehow it just defied odds in every way and i wouldn't blame the experts but you because wouldn't? of before the series whatever they no, said i'm saying after like that's what yeah, that's so, where we really that's shocked. what i'm trying to say right. because they didn't see it coming right uh-huh. it was so overwhelming that whatever they could do if you ask me they should have taken time they should have sat back first kind of got their thoughts together and mm-hmm. said okay fine first let us absorb what just happened in front of us right because this will happen once in 50 years this will happen once in 100 years right a harsha bogle would probably cover two or three series in his lifetime mm-hmm. which are of this impact right that's all you get not every series will be like this not in a year not in 5 years not in a decade i think you make a valid point but even with that i still see a caveat there which is ultimately they all tend to be repeating each other's words at least then i would expect different experts to maybe catch different aspects of uh, what was there but they all tended to be saying the same thing you know the guys who made the best of it mm-hmm. were the guys who were farthest away from the series like a guy like darren goff he made a very apt you know description observation. observation of the game i like what he said everybody that i've seen mm. especially people close obviously who were even the public who were absolutely involved with the series mm-hmm. the australians were taken aback so much because everything that they dreamt of right. uh, that will never happen to australia in australia right. has happened yeah. everything in india were taken aback because nobody even cared that hey this is like theek hai we went because we had to i i just watched it because i don't care of the obvious i just want to watch but then as i was watching there were more eyes which started coming towards along with me you woke up at like 5 in the morning to watch the match that's yeah. that's something that i would do right right i don't think you can justify this any amount of wisdom mm. or language will not be able to justify how this series resulted in and it just show i think it humbled a, a whole bunch of people saying that hey you know what this game still is much bigger than us you know yeah. no matter how much of a grip or how much of knowledge we garner about the game mm. the game still has so much to give you it is passing clouds you know but everybody went into picking on things too fast and i yeah. think it, it was more like a shock reaction yeah that's you know I was it's like when that. somebody punches you hard you don't really think of landing your punch but you just swing your hand right yeah, yeah. that's exactly what happened people just swung their hands left right center hoping that you know yeah and from my side the reason why i actually was watching this series from the first ball mm. was because for a casual fan like myself yeah. i like to ensure that i'm spending my time with cricket where it is most valuable so i eventually realized ki okay i can watch t20 because it's entertaining and it gets done quick right so it's not taking up too much of my time yeah. but then after that i can watch test cricket because it is definitely the best format of the game absolutely and uh, but even there i was like okay if i'm going to spend time with test series 
I'm going to do it with away series. Yeah. Because that's a bigger challenge for my team. And of all the teams, it was Australia. Australia. So all of these things, all of these reasons together were, you know, contributing to why I woke up and watched from ball one, of course, not knowing what the hell was going to happen. Absolutely. And what I was in for. At any given point. But I think what we're saying here is that the combination of shock and awe and also the... Overconfidence. Uh, I'll put overconfidence also there. Because even midway through the series, right? Mm-hmm. The same experts were like, hey, you know what? Still in Australia's favor. Right, right. right. You know? I don't think anybody actually gave a chance to India, even mid-series. Yeah, so I, I was just saying, so the combination of shock and awe and then absolute joy and then the aftertaste of disappointment yeah. is all of these together is what made us decide that we should do a special. Yeah. Where yeah. we talk about things that we did not see other people talk about. And also ask questions. I want to know where is Ricky Ponting. I want to know where is Shane Vaughan. I want to know where is Mark Taylor. Mm-hmm. I want to hear their review. I want to hear their take. I don't get to see their take at all. And these guys were yeah. in the commentary team. Yeah. Right? They should be the first guys to actually come out and like, Mike's a great series by India. Mike can, you know, do something like that. Where yeah. is Adam Gilchrist? None of them. Yeah. Only Michael Clark, just because I think <laughs> Mr. Boria like dragged him out of his house early in the morning. Tell uh, me something. <laughs> please. Please. Please tell me. Tell me what it was. Please. Just tell me. Just tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Don't care whether I'm listening or not. Just tell me. You I just want to record it. I want to hear it. That's it. I want to have audio when I'm taking my bath, when I'm having a dump. Yeah, I want to play it in my phone and listen to all this. Right. But yeah, I just want to even, I really want to know where these guys are, you know. I tried to look for it, but I think what they did was uh, they geographically limited limited that content. I don't know. From coming. It's unfair, yeah. I, it's really unfair, if you ask me. I think they should come out and speak, right? Or, or give their take. Mm-hmm. Because these are the guys who are like, hey, typical Australians, right? Yeah. So, I don't know. Uh, it's a question that I have in my mind, nevertheless. I just want to hear these guys. But I hope now at least you realize, I'm sure you do, but for the sake of the conversation, mm-hmm. the beauty yeah. and the magnanimity and the subtlety of what test cricket is. Oh yeah, I am already out of love with ODI. ODI is a format now I don't like and I don't feel like watching. It's neither here nor there. Test is where the real drama and the real challenge is for me. And so I'm I'm definitely drawn to tests, even more so to away tests. But before we go any further into the actual test series itself, tell me about test cricket. Why is test cricket important? Why does it even matter? Barring boxing, I don't know of a game which can test you mentally and physically at this level. What I mean is... The game is played for five days, yeah. right? It's played for about eight hours every day. The beauty of it is how it is testing you physically is very simple. Playing it for five days in different weather conditions. You're just there in the ground, toiling, toiling, toiling. And you have to bowl like 40 overs. You're, if you're a bowler, if you're a batsman, you have to play like 200 balls. That's mm-hmm. about like 40 overs again. So all that is physically daunting. Mm. But look at it this way. How does it affect you mentally? In a one-day cricket, I play a rash shot, I get out. That's that. You know, every time you play a bad shot as a batsman, it takes some time for you to recover from it mentally. Like, hey, I wish I didn't play that shot because I knew that ball was swinging out, but I thought of leaving it. I should have stuck to leaving it. There's 110 things that are happening in your head, right? But the game is over that day. So the slate is clean. So the next one day that you play, you at least have two or three days as a gap. So, you know, you're going back, sitting in the pool, listening to music, doing whatever you have to do for three days and you can go fresh into the next match. Right. Imagine that happens in a test match. You play one bad shot. 
you're sitting in the pavilion for god knows how long and you just have that evening to recover mentally the next day you still in the ground and imagine it's a high possibility that you're still thinking that yaar i shouldn't have played that shot and on top of it if the opposition is doing well mm-hmm. it's salt on your bruise right you're like shit if i wouldn't have done something so rash right. this wouldn't would have, have been the situation in a better situation yeah the scoreboard keeps rubbing on your face if it's a bad day same thing for a bowler mm. it's not like a one day where one day you bowl 10 good balls you might get 2 3 wickets right and that's what happens in 10 overs every over there's a possibility of bowling one good ball one genuine wicket taking ball but in a test match it takes 150% of effort to actually pick up a wicket so it's like you keep paying the price for your mistake over 5 long five long days, days. and right? you, and the impact of your mistake it's mounting it's a snowball every, every passing day every single day and in between all of that standing and waiting you're taking breaks to have a drink or you're going off to have lunch you with food in your tummy you're supposed to come back and again you know switch on and throughout those 8 hours there's going to be that one ball that at some point will, yeah yeah See, is going to come at you the frequency at which you'll get a chance if you miss a chance if you drop a catch Yeah. There's no immediate redemption. In a one-day match, if you drop a catch, there's a good chance that you get another catch in about like four or five hours. Yeah. That apart, the amount of calculation that you have to do as a batsman, if that is, uh, you have to make sure that, hey, you know what? There's so much of time, so many hours left. This is how I'll play in these many hours. Okay, the pitch is changing from morning to evening. Yeah. Biggest factor. Mm-hmm. And the pitch generally is not the same for all five days. Yeah, it keeps changing. It keeps changing, right? Yeah. It keeps getting worse. You have to play with the same ball for... For 80 overs. Do you know at what level you have to play the game as a bowler to make a 70 over old ball do something of the pitch? There's just uncountable uh, variables. I just can't to think have of to contend with. Yeah, yeah. I just can't think of any other sport which challenges an individual at so many levels. It has layers and upon all this, uh-huh. you have the human element. There's somebody constantly chippering in your ear. Right. There's somebody constantly distracting you. There is or, a crowd having expectations on you. Yeah. Or someone in your team is physically breaking down and you can see that happen like injury cases where, you know, they're fine on day or, one. Or, but it starts getting worse. Or guilt. Yeah. You got somebody run out, right? Yeah. And say he's the best player of your team. Like what happened to Rahane? Yeah. Right? You have to live with that guilt saying that, hey, you know what? It was my bad. Now, how do you cope up with it in the middle of the ground while these people are blaming you saying that, hey, Mike, you got your captain out, Mike. Yeah. Hey, Kauli is out, Mike, because of you, Mike. And you also have a good idea of what's going on outside the ground. Yeah. In the world. Yeah. And most important, you have to disconnect the noise yeah. so that you can concentrate, which is even tough. I mean, I the list goes on, Bogart. for and me even above all this if it rains <laughs> like weather <laughs> if it rains i mean like i don't know all the calculations rain, the only only thing that ever saved a test match i think the biggest contributor is rain <laughs> but uh, but no i mean this is if anybody out there still doesn't believe in or still has the idea that test cricket is boring format doesn't take a lot blah 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 i would suggest that they should look into it a little more deeper to see the gravity mm-hmm. that that game gives or the situation that game puts 
puts you in mm-hmm. right and i'm so glad that today a guy like virat kohli endorses test cricket right. being a national team captain he endorses that he is like one of the endorsements uh, i mean ambassador of the face game of endorsement of the <laughs> yeah. game at a global level yeah so yeah. that for me is test cricket and that for me is why test cricket is the most important sport ever played because no other sport i've seen like i said again barring boxing uh, no other sport has that slow poison slow death kind of a yeah. concept right where you feel helpless yeah where you're lonely you yeah. know playing in the ground all these things right it's it's pretty imagine you're feeling at fine leg for 20 hours where the ball doesn't even come to you you're just standing there right right how i mean do you know how easy it is for you to get distracted yeah. or or just get lost in your thoughts and just start like dreaming you can easily zone out but the game doesn't allow you to yeah. you know that's the beauty of it so boxing again i think because of the nature of the sport again of how boxing is when somebody is trying to punch you you still have to be on the offense and evade and then throw back a punch and also you have to imagine for the boxers themselves time definitely does slow down you know it might feel like 5 days in yeah. the, in that ring yeah 3 minutes of being in a ring with a guy like mike tyson oh sweet lord it would Could be feel 10, like an yeah. eternity so that's why i would probably put boxing and test cricket on the same pedestal because when you're being punched mm-hmm. to think straight while you're being punched in the face is probably i mean even to look at it is a very tough job yeah right and they do say that boxing is is actually a very intelligent guy sport because you have to anticipate you have to assume you have to do so many things mm-hmm. and then you still have to like be in a position to punch yeah so for me boxing and test cricket are on the same pedestal where they demand a lot of physical strength but they demand even more mental grit mental yeah yeah, yeah. and that for me is the epitome of what sport is like it tests you to the bone like and it can make or break a person also yeah and know? and the ultimate kicker for me from the story aspect the ultimate kicker for me is that it's not just a victory or a defeat you have a third result that's possible so these 22 guys toil for 5 days and still there could be no result at the end it could be a draw that's really for me it's just it adds that i don't know what to call it but it's just uh, almost like a cruel irony or yeah, something yeah see on paper draw looks so bad right yeah but this series it showed all three results a loss a draw and a win yeah. right by the same team two wins but let's consider just all three results yeah. every result gave you so much of respect to the game yeah the first result when you lose it showed you you're never bigger than the game yeah and, o- and it also showed you the amount of variables and all that we were talking about yeah. the other aspect of it is you could be dominant until the 11th all hour. it takes is like half an hour all it takes is 30 minutes 30 after minutes. you know all these days one good sumptuous lunch or or, or whatever you're done right yeah and it also showed that even to get a draw is not easy yeah i mean the amount of toil that you have to do to save a test match yeah you physically saw in this series what it takes and it also showed that the physical element of the game is only so much mm-hmm. if you have that much of mental strength i think and that's a lesson for life that particular day was an example that our physical body is only so much for us mm-hmm. what really matters for our excellence or our success is how much of mental strength that we develop yeah and then is when you control things because any other day when they were physically fit none of them played that kind of an innings yeah. until they were pushed to adversity 
test cricket for me is can be basically a you know a life science coach right right where you play just to learn what life is you play like five test matches mm-hmm. right in school they should do it in fact <laughs> like make kids play test match and then they'll know what it takes to you know it's not just like a victory of one session it's not a victory of one day you know you will win some you will lose some yeah. but there is a bigger goal there's the battles and then there's a war yeah and you know what it takes to win a war than to win a battle right. and you can't be happy that you just won one battle and that's what the first test showed the first test showed that you have won six battles but because of that one battle that you lost you lost the war right when you're talking about the kinds of victories and the kinds of defeats and the draws we saw in this series it really has been a victory that was snatched out of nowhere, nowhere. in just 30 minutes then a victory that was more or less standard test match kind of a victory and then a draw that was uh, so hard fought and it was so which meant more than a victory ironically it meant it meant more than a victory that's the yeah that's, that's the, the other part about it oddest right? weirdest thing which is that draw felt so much more like a victory satisfying so much more satisfying yeah. and it's so weird for a casual fan for me to say this that a draw is more satisfying than than a victory but that, that was the case and in the end that unexpected victory from just nowhere yeah I'm just so glad that it happened. Me too. You know, I'm Me just too. so glad that this series happened the way it happened. Yeah. You just look back at it from a distance and you can't stop but get emotional about it. Yeah. Yes, as an Indian, you know, you obviously There's have that extra that's an extra dramatic right, right. nature of it. Right, right. But even as a person, remove all the name tags, remove all the colors. Just look at the game for what it is and you can't help but appreciate it yeah. for what it is giving you back. Yeah. And that's that's something that i'm amazed by i can't think of a better word than being humble mm-hmm. right because even see in a country like india especially where there is so much of importance given to the knowledge of the game and so on and so forth right this just said that all you 1 billion people don't matter all that matters is the guys who are there that 11 guys or the 20 guys who are in the dressing room and on the ground those are the guys who matter so you know you better shut your trap up let them do their job yeah right? all things considered i think humbling is probably the best way that you could if you had to encapsulate the whole yeah. thing in one word uh, and it not just for indians you know even more so for the australians more so for <laughs> yeah yeah more so for australians but yes there's the added factor that as indians we have an emotional reaction to it yeah. but then after this series ended like we were watching some content and uh, there was description of the 1960 61 test yeah. of uh, victory of west indies Yep. Uh, in Australia yeah. even though there's no India involved there when you hear the story of how they won yeah. it gives you the same kind of emotion yeah. about the game and about the greatness of what they achieved so yeah it's really this series is really it one, has one for a, the ages it has a very elusive effect of a greater good i don't know how i just can't connect the dots it's but tough to describe yeah it's but i just feel it i just know it that okay you know what borya is writing a book on it <laughs> i know i know borya is going to be boring but but i think majority of his book <laughs> i think the name of his book would be <laughs> read please <laughs> please read i want you to read please read this please please read oh, this <laughs> i think i'm high or something i don't know <laughs> but <laughs> but borya would be writing this book and naming this book please read please <laughs> 
Or it will be the book's name would be uh, please read this. Yeah, please read and, this. And uh, the audio book would be for read- once. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> The audio book would be read by David Warner or Michael Clark. <laughs> Michael, please read this book. <laughs> yeah. Uh fuck. No, but uh you know you know going back to the point uh <laughs> I just can't get over that. Please read this. <laughs> It's so funny. And Welcome to the interview. <laughs> tell me please. <laughs> just tell me. I'm going to go get coffee. You keep telling. <laughs> <laughs> for your benefit i freezed my screen okay <laughs> just oh. look into my eyes and start yapping okay oh fuck oh. borya is was borya was the most desperate correspondent or press correspondent who was there who tried to like milk this situation the most no but quite literally he is writing a book on the series i know i know he, i've heard in that pujara uh, yes, video he said yeah, yeah 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 and he said also please for my book you yeah. <laughs> He directly asked Pujara to endorse the book. <laughs> oh, fuck. oh, this is when you were taking those blows. Please tell me what you were feeling. Please. <laughs> I think, I think in, I think it was in the interview with Siraj. He was like, "Apka pita ji ka dehant ho gaya. Apke man mein kya chal raha tha?" Ek baar bolye, please. Ek baar, please. <laughs> And Siraj was like, uh, like I think he also was like, I think in a shock of the whole series and how it went yeah. for him, right? Yeah, Personally, yeah, yeah. so he also is. I don't think he just kind of still got back to senses. Obviously not, because he just came back, especially in his position. for him to have performed the way he did as well led the bowling attack so many things yeah and siraj was like he just spoke out the itinerary he had yeah. since he landed in india which was like hilarious it's a sad thing to say that but i felt very bad for siraj i think you could see that he was in so much of i mean he was put there mm-hmm. right not because he wanted to be there but rather he was just like put there yeah which... i mean and it's not just this i mean cricket or not you know amazing series or not if a guy's father just passed away you just leave the worst thing you can do is make him talk again and yeah, again about that about that yeah on, on a public platform even worse probably in a personal this thing you can That's, probably say like dude went it out to me yeah. you know what it's okay you can cry and or he'll whatever he feel good about talking yeah, about just it just well. like yeah. chalo he's weight off his chest yeah. but on a public platform through a video call you're like please please <laughs> it's like i felt like punching borya dude like like leave my hyderabadi friend alone bitch okay No, some so, parts of this we may have to cut out. <laughs> we have to cut out the whole thing. So that for me, it's it's the same thing. It, there was something so elusive about the series that it went beyond the sport for me. And right? that point exactly is why after the series has ended, even now when I watch the highlights, yeah, which by the way, great job, Cricket Australia. But you know, even yeah. now when I watch those highlights, yeah, now I'm ending up feeling like this is not all of it. You know, there's so much yeah. more. Like yeah. it was every not time, just yeah. boundaries and wickets. It, it was like reading a book. You know, every time you read a book you find something new about the book yeah right it's it was the same for me so now i'm feeling like short changed when yeah. i watch these highlights and i feel like no i i want the whole meat i yeah. want everything i want someone to lay the whole thing in order for me yeah. to just keep enjoying it over and over and probably that's why we're doing the special yeah absolutely and also for me it was almost like i didn't want it to end yeah it was almost like play another series Please, play to, another go test. to perth yeah go yeah. to perth yeah. do whatever yeah. right go to new zealand for all i care yeah. i don't give a fuck yeah 
just go keep playing it was a very selfish thing but when gaber test got over and the next day morning when i got up i was almost like why are they not playing another test match there's absolutely why can't it void. be like a perfect fight yeah <laughs> why should it be four like it was so good that you didn't want it to end i think after sydney test mm-hmm. i almost felt like i don't care if they win or lose Me i just too. wanted to play the way they're playing yeah after we saw what we saw in sydney it was like even if australia take the series off with gaba it's okay yeah i mean we got what we wanted yeah and uh, australia would have to play very well to pull gaba off yeah. these people's hands and it was almost like two kind of the indian team to like no 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 you know what we'll make this better for you oh my god <laughs> it was like you know you had a seven course meal and then you know the hotel was like the best is yet to well. come yeah. yeah like i said it's a surreal surreal series dude i mean too good to be true and from the story aspect as well a part of me was really happy that the series is called border gavaskar and both border and gavaskar are there yeah. watching and commenting and yeah. giving their inputs that's so awesome yeah yeah absolutely i just have one caveat that bcci doesn't invest enough to do a thorough coverage the media the quality of the yeah yeah, yeah i think england and australia way way ahead of uh, other teams you can say that I, australia even more i feel yeah than, even more than england cricket australia is the yeah, best it's, yeah it's it's one of the most advanced way of uh, you know i think covering their own team uh, i think bcci should do with the kind of money and the resources and all that they have i think they deserve to do a lot better job especially because i really really want to know what was happening inside the pavilion now i'm don't, almost don't extremely curious yeah but yeah that's my take like t20 yes great i mean yeah popcorn yeah popcorn it's romcom mm-hmm. one day okay fine I'm great gone for once me. again but test it's shakespeare for me it's yeah. poetry it is for those who are patient it's for those who love the bigger picture mm-hmm. it's not for everybody it's for the best of the best right yeah. and it is played by the best of the best so bro ever since the series ended there's a lot going on about 36 alert oh, 36 alert number 36 i mean the number 36 yeah. has never gotten this much publicity never ever in the past there is an uncanny you know occurrence that has happened across the series by the way so the first thing is the previous time adelaide the previous time we won a test uh, in australia mm-hmm. we gave them a lead of 33 runs and we ended up winning the test okay the same thing happened at gaba there were three guys who scored a half century in the second innings yeah and it only happened the third time the three indian batsmen scored three a uh, half centuries in the fourth innings of a test in australia okay okay the first time we got out the lowest score we got was 36 right right and the first innings score that we had at gaba test was 336 right okay so there is 33 and there is 36 we won with three wickets in hand with three overs to spare yes and this is the third highest run chase india did in test mm-hmm. on a fourth innings do you see the number of threes that are coming out Yeah. It is unbelievably uncanny. And our captain, stand-in captain, mm-hmm. was the captain for only 3 tests in the series. Okay. Right. Wow. But yeah, back to 36. Back to the uh number 36 d36 what is your take on 36 it was so odd it felt like something came undone you could really relate with the shocked and almost frozen reaction that you're watching across the screen because even after the 36 happened and they came back to defend that low total and you saw the body language of the indian players yeah and also the way they walked off the field yeah it was all so understandable yeah but i could not think of any way to explain it rationalize it it's just something you just watched and you froze you know the freaky part something about like that. that whole session 
every ball that would miss the edge took the edge all through the series australia was horrible fielding that was the only session they just took every single catch that came their way yeah. and they somehow mm-hmm. they just bowled good balls yeah and if you look at the overall pattern of cricket right this happens with every team it happened to australia i think they got bowled out for some 41 48 recently it happened to england in the last 10 years mm-hmm. so i think every 30 years or so this occurrence it's like a solar eclipse right it is bound to happen you just don't know when it will happen you can't see it coming you can't predict it or forecast it but it it will happen with every team every team will collapse on a given day horribly so when the 36 happened it was almost like good that it happened now it's done okay. now i don't have to worry for another 20 30 years that this will happen again mm-hmm. if it happens is a freak show it's a freak coincidence mm-hmm. i was not disappointed or like you said i didn't get angry or anything right. personally right because we played very good cricket up till then yeah we played a fantastic first innings we bowled really well the only thing i was worried a lot about was the fielding mm-hmm. we fielded horribly yeah i think we dropped some very very elementary catches yeah. uh, in the first i think all through the test in fact but more so in adelaide everything was going for us probably that run out of virat kohli was another most disappointing thing because virat kohli my sweet lord he was determined to get that century yeah, because yeah. he didn't have a century that year like mm. 2020 and he was hellbent on getting that century yeah and you could see it coming also yeah, the way he was playing absolutely. it was just a matter of 20 odd runs yeah. and you could see it coming again like you know it's a bad call yeah. can't say much about it but yeah like i was happy bumrah was bowling well ashwin was bowling well like the bowling was doing well we had more sessions we we won more sessions yeah, yeah in the test so when it actually happened it was still not like australia dismantled us yeah you know it just felt like oh it was one unlucky session yeah i think the good part was there was no build up to it that oh first innings they kind of dragged themselves through and second innings i don't see how because on you know tougher third day pitch or fourth day pitch whatever yeah in fact in in terms of expectations it was quite opposite because yeah. bumrah was the night watchman yeah and he played so well yeah saving that wicket correct you almost expected that we're already off to a great start yeah. here probably everyone is expecting bumrah to make a half century exactly right yeah. because he made that half century in the warm up game yeah, or yeah. in my head it reduced the chances of india further more to win the series mm-hmm. and it made a draw look like an uphill task for india mm-hmm. considering what was to come i'm not yeah. even talking about injuries right i'm right. just talking about the team that was there in hand at the end of the first test so for me when i looked at you know virat kohli leaving and i think in the first test barring kohli no, nobody else played yeah right i think he was the only guy who played a good 77 and i think ajinga rahane played a good 30 odd or 40 or something yeah, like that 40 odd pujara played a 30 something so nobody really made a lot of runs yeah so you're like okay fine you know now kohli is going so that's 100 runs away mm. so that was the calculation i was making like okay fine who will come that 36 what i was afraid of more than india losing confidence mm-hmm. i was thinking how much of confidence will australian bowlers get okay that's where i was sitting at at the end of the adelaide test saying oh sweet okay so these guys have their tails up yeah that means extra yard of pace extra attacking field and steve smith has not yet fired mm-hmm. so it's just a matter of time for 
him to fire. Yeah. Labushain already seems to be in the group. Yeah. There's a probability that Warner might come back. So, coming back to the 36, bro. We covered the immediate aftermath of when it happened. Yeah. And what happened after the immediate aftermath was in my observation two things happened. One was as an Indian fan, you were really Now this is the reality part. Yeah. Like all this while we were like hypothetical. Hypothetically yeah, yeah. what happens and what we were thinking and Yeah, all. yeah. But now let's get to the reality. What actually happened after 36? Yeah. And in my observation, I I saw two things happening. One was as an Indian fan after such a shocking event you want to hear something anything from the indian dressing room like some, some kind of uh, no not even excuse like some statement or yeah. reaction or a response and there was a deafening silence yeah and that kind of it was adding to uh, my anxiety ki what, what are they thinking like how are they processing it <laughs> Yeah. But on the other side outside of the game itself it got very loud. Yeah. And uh we just expected. Expected, of course. And all kinds of predictions were being thrown out thick and fast. So we'll start with the predictions now. Mm-hmm. Tell me what you thought about the predictions that came out after 36 all out. Mm, are we talking about the voracious 40 predictions coming out left right center? Yeah. To be honest it was fair. Okay. You know, it was possible. It was more possible than we making a comeback we lost shami yeah virat kohli left yeah umesh yadav didn't have a great first test match we already didn't have ishan sharma and bhuvneshwar kumar who probably would have given us more wickets our first bet of our opener bombed yeah and he got exposed like nobody else he was like a naked mule on the ground with well, his lack of technique so these were our challenges and we didn't still have like a concrete solution or at least we didn't hear of any solution yeah, like you said nothing. yeah like you said there was deafening silence yeah so it only created more anxiety mm. right like okay fine who are they going to is it kl rahul is it mayank agarwal are they going to promote rahane on top or rahane being the captain will he take because rahane did open in some of the test matches mm. so all these questions are going on and at that point we still don't know where the third test match or the fourth test match was being played yeah so all these things were going on so if you are asking me about the predictions that people were making that the 40 prediction and all that i felt it was fair reasonable it's reasonable that's what australia is known to do in australia yeah so when the melbourne test started the way the melbourne test went it kind of got me even more curious about what happened exactly after 36 in that dressing room Like I said I'm a big fan of the human story and yeah. I'm very interested in management and leadership. Yeah. And it was clear that something very special had to have happened in that dressing room yeah. for them to come back in the way they did. Yeah. And now that we know what happened which is they went back and the think tank of the team basically decided that we're not going to say not to discuss it we're not going to discuss it at all they called off practice sessions yeah. even when players were eager because they were reacting see this is what i was telling you right yeah. when you get out like that you really want to correct it yeah because you hardly have any time yeah i think just the call to take first of all to say we're not going to talk about this all of you go back to your rooms and all these players like you said they they're so eager to correct their mistakes yeah. and they're being told no go back yeah you're not going to they're practice they're forced back to relax they're forced back to yeah. just take a break yeah. and give themselves some space yeah. and that was the intention why they did it right. i think it takes a lot of mental fortitude especially when even the 
coaching staff or the think tank yeah. knows better than the players also what's going on outside yeah. back in India and uh, even in Australia what are people saying they know very well so our and, own man disowned us yeah. it's almost like Gavaskar himself <laughs> like this is pathetic batting no I mean you know Gavaskar is exempt it's yeah. named after it, him he can say that yeah, yeah. Uh, but Borea Borea will never get to Gavaskar <laughs> but for them to decide ki this is how we're going to react no practice for you and the players are just now left in their own rooms to process it by themselves yeah and then for them to decide ki let's all meet up for dinner and play dumb charades that was the cherry on top for me when i first heard of this story i thought it was such a marwadi idea <laughs> you know <laughs> Well, is that what they do when their businesses fail or something? I do, guess so. Do I, their I'm businesses assuming. even fail? <laughs> that is one. But I'm assuming like Marwadis are the guys who like tambola khelenge. <laughs> like, but on the, again, see on the hindsight, it is so brave of those guys. Yeah. To take the call. Exactly. And the lesson to learn is, you know, sometimes when in life when you fail, take a break, put right. a stop to everything, right. sit back, and you know, and relax. Just try to like be normal again. Let right. it let it wear off. Let the failure wear off. I think we all are victims of the unnecessary quotes like "try and try till you succeed." Failure is a stepping stone for success. Blah blah blah. But really, don't know what it means. You know, we find it very hard to step away from the problem. Yeah, but that's sometimes the best thing you can do. That is what I think is extremely needed. Yeah, and I think uh, I can't stop myself from saying this. Companies or corporates should adopt this. Like generally, if somebody fails, yeah. or is not able to do their basic job there's only more pressure there's only more yeah. emphasis on try this try that do this do that sometimes managers should go and say you know what take a day off i'll take care of it just go back home spend time do whatever you want to do to chill and come back tomorrow we'll discuss it's not that you're not going to discuss you're not going to face the problem yeah but not right now you right. know you're not going to think straight just because you came out of a bad meeting right know? because what i see in my ex- uh, my experience so far in the corporate world is managers love to play past the parcel their boss is shitting on them the manager yeah. has to in turn just shit on his waterfall effect yeah exactly i don't just, know what is it yeah <laughs> it's like it's just a shitfall basically yeah yeah from one level to another and it's but it's never a manager either who absorbs it absorbs it yeah. or gives it back to the seniors letting them know hey you know give him some time yeah know, just give them some off. time uh, we have this uh, our plate is full right now yeah. my guys need some time yeah. so they buy some time for their uh, directs right. and that's that's what you saw after this 36 Absolutely. where these guys shielded the team from all the nonsense and yeah. all the white noise correct and uh, just said let's play dumb charades yeah and the other let's be dumb about it let's is, be silly let's be silly yeah yeah and they laughed yeah. they laughed and they kind of felt normal you know uh, and it worked right it, like obvi- it, worked it worked like a wonders. charm and the other subtle thing that really stood out for me is anytime any of these coaching staff ravi shastri bharatarun shridhar wanted to communicate something to a player first they discussed among themselves how do you communicate is this the right message yeah this is what i want to say is this the right way to put it and then they come to a consensus and then the message goes out to the player yeah this also if people could emulate yeah in a corporate structure or something like that i mean it makes Just so much difference rethink about what you're going to talk 
Yeah. Yeah. It's just Yeah, and when they did talk about it, when they did address it, Ravi Shastri said to the team, wear this 36 like a badge of honor. <laughs> you know, just yeah. it's probably the funniest thing or the uh most ironical thing to tell a team that this is what you're going to wear as a badge of honor, but he of course meant it key in a more positive. Yeah, he meant it in terms of turnaround. Yeah. Key this is your rock bottom, you know, and this from here there's only the only way is up basically. So all kinds of right messages going out to the team and critical subtle leadership decisions, management decisions that impact um uh, an individual so positively. Yeah. I was so impressed uh when I heard what had happened. But I'll ask you a question. What do you think was happening in the Australian camp? What do you think Justin Langer was telling his team? My guess is, you know, Kohli's gone, Shami's gone. It's all his mites. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't blame them, but because they they like to positively reinforce themselves from that angle of They like those ego massage scenarios. The ego massage or the dominance aspect. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's So my guess is that obviously we don't know what exactly happened, but in the sense I want to know. Yeah. Right. Me too. What I want to know was what was Justin Langer writing in his book saying that this is what went right for us mm-hmm. or this is what we did well right because you have nothing to decode in a 36 look at it from the other way around mm. yes we got out for 36 great yeah. what do you get out of it as a bowling side because replicating a 36 almost impossible yeah if i am in justin langer's shoes what is my takeaway the only thing i can think of is awesome we took all our catches <laughs> you know because the bowlers it's not like they did better than what they were expected to do they were already uh, the expect- best bowling the attack. best bowling attack yeah. and f- it's not surprising that all of them landed the channel consistently and constantly because they already are it was known not even a fifth day pitch yeah the pitch was not drastically misbehaving it was in fact a batting pitch yeah so the only thing positively to take away is probably that they caught everything because their standards are already high they already set a high standard there you know what is my takeaway what this hardly so much to learn in a win you know yeah that's true it's such a wrong place to be at right like imagine you come back to the drawing board and like okay guys what what shall we discuss uh bowling team you can take off <laughs> like go home <laughs> like there's nothing i can that would be the right call because all of the problem was with the batting so bowlers stretch your legs go to the pool yeah you rest of you you need to sit and we need to have a talk you know i think that's what it probably would have been and should have been also okay, what are you going to tell the bowlers they killed it but you know if, if you go a little further mm-hmm. which we'll cover in the coming time yeah. it was a bowling that failed them relentlessly <laughs> Yeah, I mean, which is why I'm a I little feel, 50-50 on that, but because for me, was it really the bowling or was it something deep? I think I think it was the bowling. I I purely think it was the bowling. For the best four bowlers of the world mm-hmm. not to pick 20 wickets in a match. It's it's shameful. But which is why I feel that 36 worked more in favor of India on the hindsight, mm-hmm. not at that point. Right, right. But if I look at it on the hindsight, they shouldn't have let them go to the pool. If I was Justin Langer, I wouldn't have let them go to the pool. I I don't know what was the conversation was. So I'm it's just an assumption. Yeah. If, you know, considering how Langer was handling the team mm-hmm. overall. Mm-hmm. If he let the bowlers go to the pool, then I think that was a wrong call because sometimes in a win, you have to decode how you did that so you can replicate it. There's a very funny incident. I'll go a little off uh off the topic. No, this is not off the topic. It's actually a very good point. Continue. No, uh the reason is uh I'm going to quote the great Sunil Gavaskar. So Gav- 
Gavaskar's hero in cricketing world was Rohan Kanaya. Right. Right. Who was a West Indian captain batsman, amazing batsman. He was such a big hero that Gavaskar named his son as Rohan. Rohan right. Yeah. So it's a very interesting story that he spoke about in his autobiography, where he went to Rohan Kanaya and he asked him like, "How do you maintain consistency? Mm-hmm. Right. I hardly see you have a bad game or a bad innings. Like, what do you do? Mm-hmm. What Rohan Kanaya told Gavaskar that day, which apparently Gavaskar did follow for mm-hmm. the rest of his career. He said, every time I have a good innings, I play well. Mm-hmm. I come back and I write down each and every thought I had from the moment I start wearing my gear, mm-hmm. pick up the bat. I write down points or thoughts like which song I was thinking of. what breakfast i ate what did i like about the breakfast oh my god uh he so he would just journal out all those thoughts and if he felt that he was not playing well or he was not in the zone he would come back to the dressing room pick out the diary read all of those points and he would just try to replicate as many as possible just to get into that zone get into that frame of mind so what he essentially used to do was he used to document his wins right as a as an individual performer and never document his losses okay because if he lost he basically lost so in a way he strengthened his strengths more mm-hmm. than worry about his weakness and i'll connect this to another interview another favorite player of mine anil kumble takes 10 wickets in an innings against yeah. pakistan post match presentation ravi shastri asking anil kumble what was going through your mind and anil kumble simply said so i knew what were the balls which i was strong in bowling and i just try to bowl them and every one once in a while i would bowl that bad ball and i would not worry about it it was my day so things happened and i got all the 10 wickets this is what i think was probably missing because that was the only innings in the whole series where the bowlers bowled the ball up got all it. the australian bowlers they bowled up to the batsman they didn't bowl it too short they didn't bowl it too full they bowled well in the good length area yeah. everybody nicked the ball at the good length area yeah. it's neither too back neither too forward but after that i didn't see them bowl that they just didn't i just feel they didn't replicate that innings ka bowling performance again in the series which is why i feel if justin langer let the bowlers lose he should have got back should have sat down and said like boys let's just go through all the wickets and see what we did right i mean if they have not done the exercise right it's that, tough, that tough might to have, say because yeah, we don't know we don't but, know but the rohan kanai story it seems like he was he analyzed his successes way more than normal people analyze their failures, failures. yeah and it's it's like uh, the analogy of people generally remember god only when they're in trouble but then there's this small minority of the people who generally only remember god when they're happy yeah you know it's the yeah. flip side of that and what a great impact that can have on on and, you and and see what has happened of gavaskar picking out that one leaf yeah this is like a great hack to life in general right no it's a great hack to human nature yeah because even if you look on social media no matter how many of a positive uh, comments or feedback you get that one negative troll is enough one, is what stands out for yeah. you and really yeah. takes you takes up your mental space Correct. way more than all this positive reaffirmation yeah. it's just human nature yeah. and so this is really a great hack to going against our natural instinct but actually choosing something that is good for us yeah for a yeah. change and that's why i was also trying to think what was happening in the australian dressing room after that after that 36 because the 36 has impacted both the sides and that brings us to the end of part 1 of true grit down under a thigh gap special on the bargavaskar series between india and australia 
Coming up in part 2, we go over to Melbourne for the Boxing Day test and a glorious victory for India, and so on and so forth. But you'll have to take my word for it, you do not want to miss out on the final segment of this special when it comes out. Because this special was recorded way back in February, soon after the culmination of the series, and it really got us scratching our heads. What really went wrong in the Australian camp? And all it took was one viewing of the test on Amazon Prime, and we figured out what the elephant in the Australian dressing room was. No one wanted to touch on it way back then, but we saw it coming. It's like a train wreck that is still unraveling in front of our eyes, and you cannot look away because it's so goddamn entertaining. From a distance, of course. But since then, the cat's sort of been out of the bag, but it's nowhere near its conclusion yet. The drama still unfolds, and who knows, we may even release a follow-up a more current update on the situation in Cricket Australia because there's been quite a lot of interesting developments since then. So if you enjoyed this series, we hope you'll like our special as well. And let us know what were your favorite moments from the uh, Border Gavaskar series. Did you watch the test? What did you make of it? Mindthygap at gmail.com or you can DM us on our socials. But until then, as we always say, Thigap, subscribe and share. Hey, thanks for listening. You can follow this podcast on Spotify to get notified of new episodes every Thursday. We're also on Apple Podcasts for those of you who have partaken in the forbidden fruit. If you liked what you heard, leave us a five-star rating and a comment. Say anything like the quick brown fox jumped over the lazy dog. A rating and a comment really helps us out. It's free, and I'm told that's a great price. But enough about us, huh? Tell us about yourself. Leave us a comment. Our Twitter is at thigap and we are underscore thigap on Instagram.